So now when you when you go grocery shopping, right? Are, are you the kind of person that will do snacking on your way home from the grocery store? No, normally I have too many bags. It's like hard to carry two handfuls of bags. Now I'm not saying like pounds and pounds of stuff, but like if I'm, if both my hands have like two bags in them, like to then have to be doing the thing where I'm like reaching into a bag, pulling stuff out, putting it in my mouth, it's hard. I often also have the dog with me. I mean, I know it's hard. I, I still make it work. Uh, like, and I don't know how I got into this habit, and it's a, I think it's a terrible habit, um, but, like, I will just straight up, like, wrap bags around my wrists and, like, so that on one side so that I can, you know, dexterously open, you know, it's only ever if it's, like, a bag of chips, crackers, or, like, grapes you, or something. You, like, like Frank Reynolds, you put sausages in your shirt. <laughs> just for easy access. <laughs> No hands at all. <laughs> I wish. I also put lipstick on uh, with my chest, like Molly Ringwald in uh, The Breakfast Club. It's it's all about hands-free with me, baby. Yeah. It's all I about forget hands-free. It. I, it's been a very long time since I've seen The Breakfast Club. It's worth a rewatch, and uh, TNT believes that. They, they know drama, and they know The Breakfast Club. Or it might be TBS at this point, but pretty sure it plays every Saturday morning for detention classes across America. But... Anyway, this is a bag I didn't open on my way home because I wanted you to see it. And and you've never seen this before, right? This is the the cheese it extra toasty, correct? Yes. <laughs> uh, last week, Gabe and I were talking about um, how it's been like a really long time since we've eaten cheese its uh, It's just like not a cracker you buy as an adult. Um, and... Gabe, uh, of course, I uh, made him notice them while grocery shopping, and uh, you happened on a, a new cheese it flavor. I, I, I certainly get a certain amount of shame when buying something that's clearly, you know, a, a non-organic product to eat as a snack, right? Like, because, like, Cheez-Its aren't organic. Like, and I don't mean organic in the sense of, like, farm-grown. I mean, like, they are non-organic. Like, I am assuming they are 100% plastic. Um, and I feel enough shame that I did buy two boxes of Triscuits and considered the car's, uh, you know, water crackers just to, like, sort of mitigate that shame a little bit. Are Triscuits organic? Well, no, no, no. Again, not organic in the sense of, like, they don't use, you know, uh, HMO and, or, You just mean how heavily is it processed? How heavily is it processed, exactly. That's all I mean. I mean that there's inorganic in... Also... And inert metals in Cheez-Its and things like them. Uh, HMO is a type of insurance. HMO is the insurance. What, what's the one I'm you thinking mean of? GMO. GMOs. <laughs> but to be fair, that is definitely not the first time I've done that, and it won't be the last. GMOs are right after HMOs in the alphabet. I was, I, I, yeah, or rather, right before. I'm pretty sure they're both bad too. Like I have bad associations with GMO and HMO. Like, well, GMO, the bad association, my understanding is that's, like, all sort of, like, marketing. Like, there's not actually anything dangerous about genetically modified crops. Well, no. I mean, that's how we got, like, corn the way that it is, right? Like, it used yeah. to look like maize, and then people were like, oh, why don't we, like, sort of arrange these, you know, rows? And, like, every, also, every single strain of apple is through genetic modification. I, yes, and perhaps far more importantly, uh, short stock wheat, which mm. uh, saved India from an incredible famine 
um, you know, uh, in India, uh, other taller forms of wheat would fall over and die. It wasn't right. until uh, they crossbred to make a stockier, shorter plant right. that, right. you know, and now, you know, uh, I mean, I'm sure India still has some problems, but uh, that, <laughs> that's not one of them. This didn't cure all their ills. But yeah, it's like one of it's like one of those things that's like considered one of the greatest goods of the twentieth century, you know, along with like and it's also awesome. polio vaccine uh, stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah, I was gonna say Jonas Salk. Um, you always gotta give it up for Salk. Shout out. Uh, but so we are gonna try, and this may be a new great invention. Uh, you know, great great moment in the twenty first century. The yeah, extra toasty cheese it. Also, I don't know how clear we were. Yeah, the the snack that Gabe discovered was that Cheez It makes an extra toasty version of this itself. This is a new variety, yes. which is like you know how you would occasionally get the little, slightly more burnt Cheez Its uh, in a pack. These are exclusively burnt Cheez Its, and I think we've already established, and and maybe we haven't. So I, I'd just like to reiterate for the audience that. I am a person who does a lot of cherry picking in my snacking. So when I am looking in, you know, when, when we have bought Cheez-Its in the past or eaten Cheez-Its in the past, I'm the person who wants like the, you know, the saltiest one or the one with the most like Tabasco spice on it or the most limey Tostito. So yeah, the well, idea like, that there is some box that now has all of the ones I would be hunting for is incredible. Yeah, uh, Gabe has a lot of Ziploc bags of raisins in his uh, pantry. Um, those used to once all be gourds. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I, I did not establish that I don't throw away the the discarded ones. Well, I, it's, not like, it's not like I have boxes you, of all... Lucky Charms around, but it's just the, the cardboard, you know, versions. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just saying that like we all know Gabe's type. <laughs> yes, that's that's what I'm trying to establish. Yeah. That like if you aren't me, then either your significant other is me or somebody you know is me and you've seen people who, you know, shake the box a few times to try and get something, you know, more more favorable up top or, you know That's not the way did, to play it. It's you flip I don't the like, box, you open it from yeah. the bottom. Yeah. All the good ones are always at the bottom. Well I like that. The other thing that I like about Tostitos bags is that they they created the window. I don't know if you have recognized this, but the the window mm-hmm. of clarity on the one side of the bag really helps for when you're looking for something deep down because it lets light in, you know, yeah. to the nether regions where usually you'd have to, like, feel around for the dust of lime. Which is actually, like, Gabe and I also love Hint of Lime Tostitos, and I much prefer Hint of Lime Tostitos out of a bag than in a bowl. <laughs> even though a bowl, you might be able to see things better. Like, if you're standing over a bowl and, like, selectively aiming for something like that's very visible whereas like i can sort of like look into tostitos bag see where i should be aiming and go in there and surgically pull it out while like reviewing my choice the whole time as i'm coming up with it uh 
it's harder to do in a party scenario with a bowl. So I, I think, you know, going off that, I think this is a risky move from Cheez-It. And I, I, I think that you'll agree with it. To, to make the whole box toasty takes away some of that allure of, like, finding that, that golden treasure, right? Finding that other. Well, which is why, like, I think that this, this is a Cheez-It marketed towards adults. Like, mm-hmm. I, it's only someone who's, like, older who's like who like it even occurs to them like why don't I cut out all the parts of something that I don't like whereas like as a kid they're like oh I've got to get through all the chaff yeah so that I can have the wheat right right like the right uh there's like with lucky charms like it's like you don't like the cereal part but it feels somehow like morally like your obligation you'll do it in order to get the You will take that bullet. And, like, if, you if you're a kid and you're bullet. picking out the marshmallows from an open box, you, like, feel some guilt about it. Whereas, like, an adult, it's only, like, the adult that goes on Amazon and buys a giant bag of those marshmallows. Also, because kids don't have credit cards. <laughs> but, like, the... Now, you know, not having to work for your little moments of delight now now you're just upsetting me because you're you're reminding me of the uh the recent story with uh the rick and morty reviving the uh szechuan sauce at mcdonald's and all of the uh-huh. adults that went through this you know nostalgia fit of rage and you know are now selling well, and i reselling. don't even remember it it's so stupid we're not going to go into it but well anyway. i mean i don't remember the original oh i don't remember the original either right although they, it came out from mulan so yeah, theoretically right we mulan. were there oh I want to say, I want to say 96. That uh, feels right. Yeah. Um, I thought, nine, so wait, Lion King is 95 or 94? Uh, let's go with 94 for Lion King. I want to say 94. Mulan, Mulan has great songs. Mul- <laughs> Be a man. <laughs> They're making a live action Mulan, and the whole the thing that about it that seems ridiculous to me, other than like, you know, live doing a live action version of a cartoon, whatever, I don't care about that. But that they're getting rid of all the songs. The songs are by far the best part of Mulan. Wait, that's idiotic. I mean, I I and my wife went to see the the live action um, Jungle, Jungle Book, Book which, which was her favorite. Disney movie growing up, so this was a big deal for us, and, like, there's a lot of pitfalls with something like that, right? Where it's your favorite, like, and now they're doing a different version. You can really fuck that up. We loved it. It was so good, and a big part of that is they kept all the songs, and they did a great job of the songs. The best was King Louie. Oh, the King Louie song is amazing. Yes. Christopher Walken does He's so good. He's so good. But so, yeah, Mulan without the songs is just Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, isn't it? I mean, it's just, or The Last Samurai. Like, it's just a... Just a war movie. It's just a war movie in China. Like, with a woman. With a woman, fine. Oh, okay, it's Chinese Joan of Arc. I mean, I don't know. It's whatever. But it's just, there's nothing Disney about that story then, you know? like. Yeah, I'm sure there are ways to disney My point is that, like, the songs in Mulan are pretty killer. It's a shame that they're not going to be part of the movie. It's a great, I mean, it was a great movie. And yeah, definitely. BD1 <laughs> plays the captain of the army. 
Listen, much love to B.D. Wong. B.D. Wong does it big. He's a gay icon. B.D. Wong's not a gay icon, is he? Tig! No! Sorry, guys, that was my dog. Um, I, I mean, You're I believe... thinking of George Takai. No, yes, but I, I think, like, B.D. Wong <laughs> has, like, a big uh, gay following. He... Him and uh, Christopher Maloney. Christopher Maloney, I would believe, having a huge gay following. I think following. both of those SVU guys have, like, a, a pretty substantial... Well, but Christopher Maloney's... They're two sides of the gay coin. But Christopher Maloney's gay following has to come off of his work in Oz, though, right? I mean, I mean, that might be the scene He plays. He but plays think... a very, like, ambisexual, yeah. like, being. Um, well, that movie is, like, a super... Or, sorry, that... HBO series is like a has a tr- lot of tragic gay love stories in it, including his with uh. Well, his with uh yeah, oh shit. shit, are we both gonna blank on it now? Um, it starts with a B, um, doesn't it? Oh, I it's thought like, it was like Elias. It's like Beeman. No, it's like yeah, it's Elias. Oh. Biederman. No, it's Elias. You're definitely in the I'm right close. Area. I'm close, right? Um, yeah. Anyway, J.K. Simmons. Oh, J.K. Simmons plays a great Nazi in that. Yeah. Um, but we're off. We're off. Uh, wait, so so B.D. Wong, gay icon. I had no idea. I this think is... he has a serious gay following, which, like, he's a pleasant-looking, talented man. And I think I think SVU has a substantial... Uh, it, it, I, I'm not saying that its audience is predominantly gay or holds a huge place in the gay community, but I do think that there is uh, a particular weight that it has in gay culture. Have you seen B.D. Wong in uh, in uh, Mr. Robot? Oh, as the uh, tr- sort of cross-dressing Chinese minister of technology or something? Yeah, it's fabulous. It's terrifying, and he's awesomely powerful in it it's so cool and for the longest time i didn't know it was him and then i was like oh my god bd wong you are the killingest actor right now yeah he's like simultaneously he's like some important minister of the chinese government but he also runs a huge uh anti-government hacking right group, right right yeah. yeah i've I think I've only seen through season two. I haven't uh, followed the show since then. Oh, I don't know. Has there been a third start yet? Yeah. I didn't even know. Oh, I'm behind then. Um, all right, so we're going to try these Cheez-Its. Mm-hmm. It's been long enough now. We're going to try these vaunted extra toasty Cheez-Its. So take a handful, Julian. Now, looking at them in my hand, they, they're unimpressive. I mean, they are more toasted ever so slightly. Ever so slightly. These are not like these are a not... different color, really, except for like certain bubbly areas. But yeah. okay, so they taste exactly like a normal cheese. It. Yep. Um, they're really. They're not. Like, I mean, I guess I, I don't know what quality control is like in the Nabisco factory. Um, I don't know if it's a thing where, like, 
you know, uh, a cheese that, that's even slightly darkened generally gets pulled out and thrown out. Like if they're very precise with what they let get through into a normal mm-hmm. cheese and things, mm-hmm. but these are only ever so slightly darker than a regular cheese it and taste exactly the same in a way where it's like I can't I can't figure out why someone would buy these over regular Cheez-Its. Right. So like obviously they got us on this one, right? Because like we wanted to try it out and see what this new flavor was and it says on the box in the in the top banner above the words Cheez-It, it says number one requested Cheez-It flavor. So this gives you the sense that this has been asked for. This is going to be something different. So we're going to buy a box. We're going to try it. But obviously, going forward, if we saw, you know, these Cheez-Its next to a box of regular Cheez-Its, I think you and I would say it's it's really just, you know, you go for the regular Cheez-It. I mean, why even with this? Yeah. I probably still wouldn't even get the regular Cheez-It. They're well, nice, but, like, I, I'm now, you know... I wouldn't want to eat more than a couple of Cheez-Its, I'm realizing. You know, if I'm at a thing where Cheez-Its are out, I'll have a few, but they are not... I don't know. They're just okay. I don't even know... I mean, I don't know what things you're going to where Cheez-Its might be out, but I don't know that... Maybe a back-to-school night. (laughs) Maybe back-to-school night. But I don't know that I could even do, like, a handful of Cheez-Its, because I feel like... I feel like that would be a gateway for me where, you know, I know that when I do have them around or when I have had them around, it's dangerous. Like, you, you sort of want to finish the box. And I, I think for me, I would almost avoid them just being like, you know what, I'm going to be more satisfied if I go this other direction and, like, and I won't have to embarrass myself here. I'm proud of your willpower, Gabe. Um, <laughs> don't but be. let me ask don't you, don't be. now that we, we've tasted this, we've said they're a dud, what are the, like... The, the what are the snacks that you would like to see the version of that's like oh that joyful like accidental one like like we were saying you know like uh, the Dorito with the <gasps> most uh, powder on it right like yeah like, yeah yeah uh, alright so what chip snack dessert whatever thing that comes in a package yeah do you want to see the like a whole pack of defects from. And what is the defect that you want? Okay, all right. So I've got two right off the bat, just nice. coming off of the of our Tostitos talk already. So when you get an original pack of Tostitos, right, an original uh-huh. bag, there are some that come out that are, like, clearly more fried than others. They have, oh. like, more bubbles, a little bit more salt on them. Like, these are the ones that make your lips crack. They are like so freaking salty. So I'd love to see those. And then as we established, if there were an entire bag of like really well dusted lime Tostitos, oh, like, yeah. come on, that's, that's a gimme. Like, like almost like lays them <clears throat> with the lime stuff. Like, I don't know what lime Tostitos did to the Tostitos market. I imagine it like infinitely improved their profits as soon as it came out. Yeah, but um, people just stop buying regular Tostitos. Well, that's true. So that dropped. But so I, I'd imagine you'd have the same kind of effect if you came out with a bag that was just the, like, limiest ones. Mm. Um, 
Actually, did you ever try the the uh, hint of jalapeno that they tried to play off after lime success? No. Did not work. Garbage. Um, tasted nothing like jalapeno. Actually, I was in Whole Foods the other day looking for a snack, and I bought this bag of, uh, of uh, they were like, they looked like organic Doritos, but they were habanero and bacon flavored. It's a weird mix. It's a weird mix, and I'm a sucker for anything habanero flavored. Um, now, <laughs> listeners at home might not know, but I've been a vegetarian since I was 14 years old. So you might be wondering why I bought a bag of bacon flavored chips. But checking the back of the bag, they yeah, were sure 100% they no vegetarian. Yeah. There was no bacon whatsoever. Um, but so when I got to the cashier, the cashier was like, oh, are these good? And I was like, I don't know. I haven't tried them. And she was like, because everybody's been buying them. And I was like, oh, I had no idea. Like, I assume that's a thing about bacon. Like, you know, bacon, bacon, bacon. Um, but so I tried them, and uh, they sucked. Oh. Like, I hate it when things are falsely advertised as being habanero or, like, ghost oh, they pepper. Spicy. They just weren't fucking spicy. And, like, didn't also didn't taste like habanero at all. Like, you know, it is a totally unrelated, but I only had this salsa recently for the first time that's a great salsa um, talk to me it's called i think desert pepper trading company and it's their verde salsa i love desert pepper they're a great company yeah their verde salsa is so good verde okay i haven't like, had it it's not super spicy is that the green it, that's yeah. the green then yeah. yeah it's got just like it's got a little bit of kick but it is like one of the best salsas i've ever had um but I guess back to our defects. So yeah, so defects. So those are my two like off the jump defects that I would go for an entire bag of. Okay. Um, I also, and this is just this is a me thing, but like I love it for for oh this is like, yeah this is fucked up, but I just love broken crackers, like a whole cracker almost does nothing for me, but like broken ass crackers for some reason i enjoy them so much more to the point where you just shake up your cracker well so that's what that's what my wife does with the bag of chips is she'll just like take the chips and basically just punch the bag until like they're all broken up it's for both of us but like i'm pretty sure it's more for me um it's very cute as an (laughs) actor but but like i don't know but there's something that feels inorganic about that but like i like so, like, a bag of an entire box of broken Triscuits would appeal to me. Um, cool. Yeah. I don't know. But that's that's one of those defects that, like, either you like it or you don't. And, like, I don't know. I don't know that there's any marketability. What are you going for? What are you thinking of? Well, for me, I I definitely agree with you on the hint of lime. I, I would even buy if they just sold containers of that dust. It's like, put on whatever the fuck you like. I would, because Tostitos are like fine chips, but I'm not a huge Tostitos guy. I I would put that on everything. I would find other chips that I like more to put it on. Um, but do then, you, do you remember, before, before you go on, do you remember there's an opening scene, like a cold open in an episode of Breaking Bad in a late season where they're trying to establish the like overseas market for crystal methamphetamine and the oh, and the, the open is in the taste kitchen? testing kitchen yeah where they're like 
some some kitchen in like Sweden or something. I don't remember where they are, but they're basically inventing flavor. Yeah. And like and you're like, "Oh my god, this is how it's done. This is how they came up with like hint of lime or like you know, habanero mango, or, you know, fucking Mulan Szechuan sauce. Like, this is so crazy! Well, yeah, and beyond, like, we're seeing the end when they're doing, like, It's a fucking lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing taste testing, but they also do, like, it's also loads of testing on, like, uh, how can we make this the right consistency so it, like, stays in the packet the right way? How can we make give this longevity how can we make sure and how can we make people fucking addicted to it because like that's what it's really about like you and i have addressed like like, that the hint of lime thing is an issue with like kellogg's right like you remember that like those started out as like a health cereal but it didn't at like a a retreat it was like kellogg was a guy who ran this health retreat and he had this super healthy wheat cereal yeah um but then it became this blew up once he started adding little bits of sugar to it. So not like glazing it, but just adding the slightest taste of sugar, which cues the brain to want more of it. Not just make it taste better, but like it makes people it hungry. It you for... to finish the box. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, or, or even genius. just the bowl. and like, fucking genius. That's like one of those first moments where it's like hiding a tiny bit, like hitting just the right balance of things. Uh, sort of like tricks the body into wanting more of it than it actually right. does. Right. Um, but yeah, I guess for me, uh, so I think maybe I'm the only person who's really into this, but uh, Whoppers, the malted milk balls, Yeah. when you get the ones that for whatever reason, the malt part of it is like chewy, it's like kind of like you bite down into it and it like deflates and it's not crunchy. The chewy ones are the ones that I love. So, like, some of them, there's, like, real crunch to it. Like, you get well, through the, it, and it's, all like... All of them are supposed to be crunchy, right, but there's this right. defect where, like, it must be a little bit of water got trapped inside, and the way that it mixed with the malts turned it into, like, almost more of, a, like, a caramel consistency. Or it's, like, it's even tougher than that. It's more like a Charlton Chew consistency. Yeah, I'm thinking almost toffee-like, really, or something like that. Like... I think of toffee as crunchy. I guess it's crunchy. Yeah. Like a heath. Yeah. yeah. But but no, but it's like, I, I'm sure you, you know what I'm talking about. It just like, it, you bite into it and it has a weird feeling of deflating. So you're, uh, you're, you're bringing me to... So the, I would eat a whole box of those. Of those. I love it. You're, you're bringing me to what is a, a very important topic in, uh, in, in my life. Um, and I, I, I really think everybody should consider it often um, and, and discuss it and really base a lot of your relationships around the answer to this question. What is the best candy? Oh. And I don't, and I don't want to hear chocolate. Like Whopper, I'm glad you brought up Whopper. Whopper's amazing. But that's, I'm going to put that in a chocolate category. But like, So, oh, no candy that has chocolate count. Correct. We're going to go so like strictly. Snickers don't count, stuff like that. Snickers don't count. If you wanted, for some stupid-ass reason, to say, like, Tootsie Pops, you'd I'd let you go. get away with Tootsie Pop, well, but I'm I not going to let you get away with Tootsie Roll. I actually you know? think you're wrong about that. Tootsie Roll is, like, so far from... It's so not chocolate. I know. Yeah. It doesn't even really <laughs> taste like chocolate. 
I'm pretty sure there's no chocolate in it. <laughs> it's way, like, remember the fruity Tootsie Rolls? That, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chocolate? Fuck yeah. Those, those are good. Tootsie Rolls are way you closer only get to those, that than they are chocolate. You only get those at Halloween, but, like, for me, when I got those, it was amazing. Yeah, those weird pastel colors. They're so pastel. The, the blue one, the blue packet one, is actually, like, a vanilla flavor that was, like, yeah. really creamy and nice. And, like, all of them kind of had, like, yeah, that, like, muted... Like it was sort of like a yeah, muted more starburst. Yeah, like a are, uh, yeah. They're like, but it wasn't aggressive. You know, it wasn't like assertive in its like fake like fruity flavor. Yeah, you know, there was something just like gentle, taffy esque about it. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's. See. All right, so candy. Yeah, best candy. So or like not like number like what is the number one candy with a bullet like like. Do you have an answer for I this? mean, I have an answer for what I think is like Why don't you, you go can't first beat because it. I'm having a hard time so remembering. Like, so like to me, when you started talking about Whoppers, like my mind immediately went to like, my God, nerds in any form are just the greatest thing ever. Like When's you, the last time you had nerds? Oh dog, don't even ask me that. Like that's not a good question. The last time I had nerds was probably like three weeks ago. Like I found a new flavor of nerds that hadn't existed before, and... What flavor? Oh, it was fucking nuts. It was, like, they were doing some, like, Mexican wrestler thing, like a, like a, a oh. Lucha Libre thing. So Is it that, tasted like yeah, a Mexican wrestler. It tasted like a Mexican wrestler's mask, um, and his jock, and it was freaking incredible. No, it was, um... It was one of those, like, double flavor things again, where, They're uh, always you double know, flavor, aren't they? One on no, each side. they're always one on each side, but then sometimes even the individual sides have like two flavors to uh, them. Um, nerds have gotten so. Intense. I think one of them was like mango, mango chili, and the other one was like chili. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm gonna look this up. It was pretty dope though. But so, yeah. So I've had nerds pretty recently, and I would eat them again all the freaking time. But but I want to be specific here. You really want to go for the packet that does have the two sides, as you just brought up, because they do sell that packet, like, that big box sometimes, either in, like, movie theaters or, like, CVS's or oh, something, and, mixed and it's just mixed together. That's garbage. You okay. might as well just flush those down the drain. Like, don't eat that shit. And if somebody gives you that shit, you know, throw it back in their face. Let me think. What? I just, it's been a really long time since I've had, like, a candy candy like I man what are some candies I mean I can think of like Skittles Starburst stuff like that but that's obviously not the best candy well like sweet tarts that's not gonna be the best candy no it's not gonna be the best candy I, I you're, you're catching me Spree? off guard I'm trying to I'm trying to look up the new, the new nerds the new uh, nerds uh what is there uh Candy, candy, candy. Oh, here this is. Oh my god, one of them was mango chili and the other one was guava. And tell me this isn't a uh, wrestler themed. It's pretty incredible. That's pretty cool. I'm so, and Wonka, Wonka just is constantly killing it. Oh, I know, do like Charleston Chews, but they have chocolate on them so they don't count. No, I'll give you Charleston Chew. So, like, that's something that... It, it's not chocolate. It's just chocolate-coated. But, like, an M&M is chocolate-coated chocolate. So, like, that's not going to work. Well, no, it's candy-coated chocolate. 
Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, it's candy-coated chocolate. But, like, that's chocolate not a thing. Chocolate-coated chocolate is just chocolate. <laughs> I don't know. Um, peanut okay. butter M&Ms are my favorite M&Ms. Well, yeah, peanut butter M&Ms are great. Peanut M&Ms are the worst. You mean peanut butter? No, peanut M&Ms. You know, the yellow guy. From the commercials. Wait, you, wait. What are you saying? You don't like peanut M&M's? Yeah, peanut M&M's suck. No, they're the best of the M&M's. You just said peanut butter M&M's. No, no, no. I, I first said peanut M&M's are the best. And then you said, yeah, but peanut M&M's suck. And then I was like, you mean peanut butter m and No, I'm pretty sure you said peanut butter M&M's. If I said that, that time. was a misspeak because I do not like peanut butter oh, M&M's. Oh, the peanut butter M&M's are the best. I don't know what you're talking about now. You like the... you. I, even if even if peanut M&M's didn't suck, they totally make him the bitch of all the commercials. The big well, yellow the red peanut one's M&M. an asshole. Well, he's not an asshole. He's you know who I just realized those two M&M's are? They are Laurel and Hardy. No, I was going to say to a T Bing and Bob. No, no, no. They are the the two thieves. They are Joe Pesci and the other guy in the Home Alone movies. There's the like short smarmy one. And then there's the, like, tall, semi-doofy one. Yeah, but the... I know that's, like, an archetype, but... But it's also, like, the... the Of the Sticky Bandits, the tall one, the non-Joe Pesci yeah. one. He's, like, he's skeevier than the yellow M&M. The yellow M&M is just sort of, like, dumb. They're more like, well, uh... <laughs> yeah, you're right. M&M's have a slightly more lovable quality to them than the sticky bandits from the Home Alone movies. You know what they are? They're George and Lenny. They're, they're George and Lenny from Of Mice and Men. <laughs> just Pat the Bunny. Just he does exist. <laughs> they do exist. Remember that scene from... Of Mice and Men? That is when a they classic. meet Santa and faint and then wake up and George has accidentally strangled Santa. That that is the scene that made John Steinbeck's career. I mean, he was nothing until he created, you know, those troubled uh, characters, the red and yellow M M&M. and M. Yeah, I well, I really like Grapes of Wrath and its sequel, A Raisin in the Sun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I love I also love how they invented a Kellogg's, you know, not being satisfied with his just wheat cereal, invented a a cereal based on a raisin in the sun and grapes of wrath, you know, raisin bran, you know, two scoops of raisins, like two raisins in the sun. You know, it's there. It's all there. It's in the numerology. Yeah. Smart man. And and then for the California raisins to then capitalize on it. Well, I actually think it's like Kellogg's brother who is the one who saw the marketability outside of like this weird, uh, you know, uh, health spa thing that he ran. It sounds, it sounds like Kellogg's brother then to me was the, the Aaron, uh, to Moses. You know, the, the one that came up with the golden calf while Moses was away collecting the tablets. Like, here here Kellogg is, you know, just doing this very noble, wholesome thing, having this 
you know, camp for whites only where, you know, he can make them healthy and live longer and, you know, oppress others, you know, and, and then his brother comes out and is just like, hey, what if our cereal actually got you slightly addicted to sucrose and, uh, made you really finish the bowl and increased, you know, the diabetes population in the country? Well, I don't know if we can track diabetes to Kellogg's cereals, but... I'm pretty sure I was tracking diabetes back to Aaron in Exodus of the Bible, but yeah, I'll go with you on that. Did Aaron get to go to Israel? Because I know Moses didn't. To go to Israel? Yeah. Moses Uh, was to lead his people, but would never be able to go into Israel. That was like the tragic irony. Oh, I was not... I was not aware of that prophecy. Or yeah, that. he was to lead them to the promised land, but never... But he could never enter himself. Yeah. Well, I seriously doubt Aaron made it in, because... Well, I this think was... it was like... I forget why God told him that he would never enter himself. I, it might be... I'm sure it was some sort of punishment yeah but that's what i'm saying but this was this was a like, time when it, god was not as forgiving as he became later on in the books and aaron like, is god building like, fucking golden calves but my point is god was like while god is busy at work on these stone tablets god was always like harder on the people that he had a direct dialogue with <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true he did put those bitches through hell well yeah and it's also like even though yeah moses's whole tribe uh, they're all the chosen people, like Moses, the stuff that Moses had to take on was very like, he's the Jew of Jews. Like being like, oh, you suffer in our burden. You mean he's the God? You mean he's the mensch on the bench? No, that's. Uh, I was trying to think of a famous Mordecai. Mordecai. Oh, Mordecai is a very famous Jew. You don't know. We're oh, you were trying, trying to think of a real Jew, not a biblical Jew. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, Noam Chomsky. Well, he's not on the bench. Uh, <laughs> like uh, Rehnquist. Oh, you're trying to think of a Jewish judge? Yeah. Oh, I don't. I don't want Rehnquist to or, be the bench on the bench. Brandeis. <laughs> Brandeis. There it is. We found it. That's our bench on the bench. Um, and then. Uh, where were we? I forget where we were at. Doesn't matter. Um, and then Mordecai, you were talking about the the movie that used to be on Comedy Central all the time. What the Hebrew Hammer? Oh, that is the Hebrew Hammer. That's the Hebrew Hammer. Mordecai is with Johnny Depp. That's Johnny Depp. <laughs> and that's not what I'm talking about. Mordecai is the he- the the hero of Purim. Um, but I really just remember the name because he oh. was an old man on my block but who speaking was of very nice to me growing up. Purim. Um, so, you know how, like, every year around Christmas, uh, Twitter goes crazy with people arguing over whether or not Die Hard counts as a Christmas movie? Absolutely, I know um, this. So, I think Chris Hayes tweeted at the person, the, the screenwriter for it, and he was like, so, weigh in is Die Hard a Christmas movie? And he wrote back like, yeah, it definitely is, because the studio rejected the Purim, the Purim version. <laughs> That's a very funny take on that question. Um, I love that. 
Uh, well, what what do we think defines a Christmas movie? I don't know. I guess that it's takes place around Christmas. Has and, to take place around Christmas, or at least the finale it, has to take place around Christmas. And the uh, events in it have to uh, tell some story having to do with the themes of Christmas. Whether so it has to be a parable. Family, it, whether it's like with uh, Die Hard, it's like, it's important to be better to your family, right? You know, right. He, him and his wife are estranged at the beginning. And Spending like time with the family, to right. To care about her, or, you know, a theme of giving, or whatever. Um, but... Yeah, you know, it, it has to both, it has to embody some sort of theme of Christmas as well as uh, a, you know, at least be tied to the, the holiday temporally in some way. You know what I think is funny about this argument is <clears throat> that to me it, it goes back to this piece about the, 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 the now infamous war on Christmas, right? This idea that we've, you know, gotten so politically correct that we're not allowed to say Happy Christmas or Merry Christmas anymore and we have to say Happy Holidays. So it's like, it's this way, it's this, to me it's this bro way of disengaging from the conversation by saying like, well, my favorite Christmas movie is fucking... Die Hard, or my favorite Christmas movie is Zero Dark Thirty, you know, instead of saying, like... What does Zero Dark Thirty have It doesn't have anything to do with it, but that's the point. Like, I'm just thinking of, you know, like, it's just an answer to... It's just it's just saying a, a, a favorite movie of yours, not, like, a favorite Christmas movie of yours, when, like, there are... There are decent Christmas movies out there that you can say, like... Just looking back, you can just say, like, that's my favorite Christmas movie. Like, that's the movie to me that, like, speaks to Christmas. Like, for so me... you're saying you think Die Hard shouldn't count. It's not that I think Die Hard shouldn't count. It's that I think that that's a deflection from the whole argument, right? Like, it, it just... It... To me... Yeah. I, I, I guess what I am saying is, yes, Die Hard doesn't count because it is... It's a ruse. It's a way of being macho and broy and and trying to disrupt our notion of what a Christmas movie is. We all know what a fucking Christmas movie is. Like, it's not Die Hard. It's 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 the Santa Claus, right? The Santa Claus is is one of these classic, you know, you grew up with it Christmas movies that you know, plays in a funny way on the, the the story of Christmas and Santa Claus and the tropes and whatever. Or fucking, if you want to even go more classic, it's Home Alone. Home Alone 1, Home Alone 2. These are great Christmas movies and, like, great examples of them that, like, you don't have to stretch. You don't have to go around asking the producer or the writer or the fucking actor or the grip or the best boy on it was this a Christmas movie? They hit you in the face. Okay, but I would say with Home Alone, there's another movie where, like, you could remove the Christmas elements from it and it would not dramatically change the movie. You can't remove... No, you can't remove the Christmas elements from it because, to me, 
right? The the a big part in the Christmas elements of Home Alone is the the mother's journey back to her son, right? And there's all this Christmas charity around the events that take place getting her back home in the first one. And so it's it it is to your point earlier, it is still all about these themes around Christmas and no, the morals. I know. I know, but my point is just like uh in the same way like planes trains and automobiles uh has that same storyline but it's a thanksgiving movie my my point is just that like uh that to a i'm not arguing for home alone not to be a christmas or take home alone too it takes place in new york city right during christmas it does all this big christmas hullabaloo around rockefeller center and the plaza and central park and Music swells. The question I'm asking is how intrinsic to the like I, I'm I'm okay with Die Hard as a Christmas movie. Um, I that doesn't bother me at all. But you seem to have a cutoff on Christmas movies. Uh, so I, I'm curious, like how, where where do you draw the line? Look, to me, I think I think Christmas has to make a certain amount of appearances in your movie for it to be the case. And again, I said John earlier... John McClane is going to visit his wife because it's Christmas. He's going to the office Christmas party. Um, all right, all right. We we already have... Sorry, I, I, I have to cut you off. We already have an intrinsic problem with home, with, with Die Hard as a Christmas movie that, that even Die Hard itself, I believe, addresses on several occasions, which is the whole fucking thing takes place in L.A., Right, so it's like this whole like you know, uh, you know, uh, what is Christmas what is Christmas in L.A. Right, and like there is there's like literally nothing definitive about Christmas in L.A. You know that that you know shows you what Christmas is. Like there's nothing going on. The things that I remember about Die Hard have nothing to do with Christmas. They have everything to do with you know the Nakatomi Towers. You know, businessmen doing cocaine in their office and being creepy to John McClane's wife. You know, German terrorists, you know, trying to steal money and nothing about. And, and, then, and then there's one character listening to Christmas rap in the basement in the garage. That's it. Okay, but my point is that uh, the stuff about like Home Alone that's most impactful on me has nothing to do with it being Christmas. It just has to do with the kid being alone at home and fighting off uh, uh, bad guys. Like, you know, like uh, Love Actually, which people consider to be a Christmas movie, that could happen at any time of the year. I know, like, there are certain things that, like, make sense to happen around Christmas, but it's it just a... Uh, romantic comedy that takes place across a whole bunch of different people so i think i think the point you're making then is that we should be even more restrictive on no, what, what I, is defined as a christmas movie then because you're saying you're saying that if you can remove and i like this i like this it's like the bechdel test for christmas movies in fact we're calling this we're now naming this test this is going to be the the Zuger Ambler test, okay? No, don't include my name. Okay, we're including Zuger Ambler test. No, it's not my test. You can only pass the Zuger Ambler Christmas movie test if you cannot remove 
the the timing of Christmas. You cannot remove the Christmas elements from the movie and still have a freestanding movie that that works perfectly well on all levels without the implementation of Christmas. Uh, and I don't think there are a whole lot of Christmas movies that aren't like hacky Christmas movies that stand up to that test. Right? Yeah, I agree. Like, even It's a Wonderful Life could happen at a time that isn't Christmas and oh my God, still it's, be the it's, same. It's just a guy trying to kill himself and an angel comes out of nowhere and tells him not to. Like, there's nothing Christmassy about it whatsoever. Right. Now, or what well, about... I mean, it's Christmassy because it's at Christmas time and it plays fine, out the fine. themes of Christmas. What about, what about A Christmas Carol, then? I'm so and Christmas my point Carol, is that, like, could you rewrite A Christmas Carol to not happen during Christmas? No, but we don't want to rewrite it. Like, A Christmas Carol, I think, does work. Like, it has to be Christmas, right? Because the whole point is he's making them work on Christmas, right? Like, that is intrinsic to the story. But you could have somebody forcing people to work through Thanksgiving and still make the same story out of it. I see. So what you're saying is we should Gary Marshall a Christmas story, right? And we should make it about Thanksgiving, right? We should just start making I don't know if that's all our Gary movies. Gary Marshalling it. Well, listen, Gary Marshall famously made a movie for every single holiday. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. All My the federal is... ones at least. Um, and some of the nons. And that that's <gasps> what we should be doing. I mean, look... We're, we're talking about a time where, you know, there's not a lot of originality in Hollywood. It's, it is definitely time to look back over the old Christmas movies, the, you know, the way that they're looking back over, you know, 80s movies and just saying, let's make, you know, Trading Places 8, you know, I'm kidding, they didn't make any other Trading Places, but like, let's make... Trading Places, does that count as a Christmas movie for you? Wait, is there Christmas? Oh, there is Christmas in Trading Places. It's all Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's not a Christmas movie. That well, wouldn't make the, any sense. I think your thing of like people being like uh, saying Die Hard's their favorite Christmas movie being a move that's like dickish and sort of like trying to avoid answering the actual question. I think that's just people who want to answer like with a movie that they actually like. I really like the movie Trading Places and like I like that more than most Christmas movies. And yeah, so but... If, yeah, but okay, so but but again, to your exact point, you just said you want to answer with a movie you actually like. Mm-hmm. You don't care how much it has to do with Christmas. So then well, that that whole point is you're trying to avoid the question of what's your favorite I'm Christmas movie. I'm not trying to avoid the by question by answering my just what's a movie that you like. My point is if you limit limiting yourself to like movies that have Christmas in the fucking title is like <laughs> obnoxious. <laughs> like and like I, Okay, wait. Now how about this? How about if you and I this this is this is gonna be another test. How about if you and I come up with a movie that has Christmas in the title, but is definitively not a Christmas movie? In fact, I would even get so ballsy as to have it take place in any time other than Christmas. Right? We'll just we'll call it, you know, I mean, you know, a Christmas story is already out there, right? But we'll call it uh, you know, the 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 Christmas coming. You know, wait. You're saying we need to make up a movie, or what movie can we think? No, of we're gonna make Christmas? up a movie. We're gonna write a movie that has Christmas in the title. You know, it it it'll probably that even have like take, Christmas themes, but it takes place in July, 
in you know Hawaii, and my my thinking is that we could get people to buy on that this is their new favorite Christmas movie. Even if even if we weren't explicit about the morals of Christmas and like family togetherness, like even if it spit in the face of most of those things, like in an almost sausage party style, like I think we could get people to say, that's my favorite Christmas movie. It's a Christmas it's a Christmas coming by Julian Ambler and Gabriel Zuger. It's fabulous. Uh, there's a lot of nudity and drug abuse in it, and uh, that's my favorite Christmas movie. I guess if it was a good movie. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I... You're right. I forgot it actually does have to be a good movie, the way Die Hard is a really good movie. It is a really Otherwise, good movie. Otherwise, people won't acknowledge I it I can't tell. Are favorite. you being sarcastic about Die Hard being a good movie? It's Die Hard's legitimately a really well-structured movie. It moves at a great clip. It is, it is not that I am saying Die Hard is not a really good movie, and I want to be very clear to the audience at home about this. However, I do believe that in recent years, Die Hard has gotten undeserved favorable treatment by, you know, by the, the, the populace at large about its qualities. Like, it's a good movie. It's not a great movie. It's... It's I. I really like Die Hard. I really like Die Hard, too. I think that people go a bit too crazy for it. Like, I'm thinking about, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, how, like, Andy Samberg's whole character, like... His whole character backstory is just that he likes Die Hard a lot. That seems like an issue with Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> well, but I'm just saying. I'm saying that I think that that itself promulgates this notion that Die Hard is something greater than it was. That's like being like Mozart was actually overrated. You know that shitty show Mozart in the Jungle? It's named after him. No, I. That's not the same thing. I'm not. <laughs> However, Salieri guys, like, don't sleep on Salieri. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Um, so I have, a, I have a reading for you before we go, before okay. we finish. So I've done a little bit of research because now we are, as we've mentioned on the pod before, sticklers for intellectual property, IP for short. Um, so after, uh, after a few misfires with some original titles we came up with, we, we have settled, as you know, folks, on... The dull crayons. You are in the crayon box currently, um, but so there. While there has never been a podcast named the Dull Crayons, if you do a cursory Google search, you we will could come be the up. Dunce craps. <laughs> the dunce craps. The dunce craps is probably not taken, and I think it does lead itself to a really easy image that we could come up with for it. Um, so definitely something in the works. Look for our yeah, spin-off like a, podcast. A poop the, emoji with the the dunce, dunce craps. Well, yeah, but I think the dunce cap should be upside down, so that it's almost like a snow cone, like filled with crap. Well, then it just looks like soft serve ice cream. I, I guess I, I think what you're saying is soft serve ice cream looks like smooth crap, which you know. Well, like an illustrated version <laughs> of it, yeah. 
Well, but wasn't... I mean, I could tell the difference if both were in a cone. Wasn't that the problem with the, the poop emoji at first? Was like some people, people thought it was ice cream. Some people definitely thought it was ice cream. I didn't know about this. Take. Um. But yeah, so we're definitely working on a spinoff called the uh, the Dunce Crafts. But if you do a search of Dunce Cran of Dull Crans online, you come up with a few things, including this blog. Uh, this coming from uh, Living Unoriginal dot wordpress.com okay so this is this is a blog and uh this was written in september 15th uh 2012 written by living unoriginal mm -hmm. and uh we we seem to have a reference to uh galateans 328 at the top i'm not sure what they're referencing but we'll see so this article titled dull crimes or this essay more than likely when you were a child you would go to your mom or dad and tell them you were bored i know i did well, I'm also pretty sure that you were then sat down, handed a coloring book, and a box of crayons. Of course, you would then spend the next good while coloring and coloring until the picture was complete. After this, you would take the picture. You would uh, you, uh, you would take you picture and run to your mom or dad and show them the picture, seeking praise and acceptance. During your coloring process, your crayons would become dull, and then what you'd do is either sharpen the crayon or pull back the paper to expose more crayon to color with. Oftentimes, when you see a little kid coloring, they choose their favorite color and simply scribble all over the paper. This particular color seems to get broken and dull a lot because it is used a lot. For crayons that don't get used, they simply stay in the box and are seldom used. But I'm not only talking about kids' crayons. I'm talking about God's crayons. If you could imagine God has a big box of crayons and the world is his picture, wouldn't you want to be used? In your lives, in your lives, we should try to be the dullest crayon around. Wait, what? Oh, okay, yeah. Dull crayons have been used, just as God uses us to lead others to Christ and to complete pictures. Dull crayons have been broken, just as Christians are broken by the situations they go through. Dull crayons have been sharpened, just as Christians should be sharpened by church, the Bible, and worship. Dull crayons have been peeled back, just as people have to get out of their comfort zones and out of their shells in order to share and receive Christ. Are you really going to let me keep reading this without any interjection at all? I don't know what to say. A sharp crayon is living in a box when there is so much more around and outside that little gray area you've been living your whole life. A sharp crayon hasn't been used much to complete a picture. A sharp crayon could be anyone, Christian or unchristian. God forbid. It doesn't say that. That's an ad lib. We even, for even Christians, are sharp crayons and may never be asked to, use, uh, to be used or have a real relationship with Christ. So wouldn't you want to be a dull crayon? Of course! When you color a picture, it doesn't matter which crayon is used as long as it's the right crayon. The crayon that prays and asks to be used to complete God's picture. That's why I want to be a dull crayon. Color outside the box. Yeah? Yeah. That's, that's what I wanted to share with you. So... So the, that's why I suggested the name. This guy clearly wants to be a dull crayon, and uh, I'm not sure what color outside the box means. Like, 
I think he means outside the lines. I think he means outside the lines. He's he's reaching. Uh, Maybe his coloring books are all just boxes. <laughs> there does there there is a lot of box theme here. He's definitely box focused. Um, there might be some sexual repression in there as well, uh, regarding the box and the the peeling back. I don't know. Oh, I thought he's. This was about erectile dysfunction. Uh, it certainly could be. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely that imagery to it. You Why know, the, wouldn't I want the, a flaccid the penis? Unused, the unused cock. The flaccid penis is like the, <laughs> like the good Christian worn down and out of use right. by God. Right, right. It's, it's already been so used, you know, it's seed so, you know, sown and purposed elsewhere that, you know. Oh, you think it's like him bragging about uh, what a... Uh, how much he's used his dick, yeah, oh. and how dull it's gotten because know it's like you only the, have a certain amount of do we know orgasms in you. Um, we don't. We don't. I think I was just assuming. Uh, Fair enough. I I was just assuming because I think I just assume that all blog posters um, are men. I'm 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 willing to share that that biased opinion that uh, I think anybody that has um, the the impetus to share an essay as poorly crafted as this online um, without even a second thought to it and or even a cursory spell check which hasn't gone in um, is is a guy. All right, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, all bloggers are guys, at least the bad ones. Yeah. I feel I, comfortable in that. I'm sure no one will give you shit for it. All right. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a bad blog post, dude. Yo, it's wicked bad. Like, I don't even know where to begin, but... Usually the things that come up when you Google Gabriel Zuger, though. <laughs> the blog post is there. <laughs> yeah. There are some good stories to tell in those. We're gonna we're gonna have to save those for other episodes. Sounds good. Going into the Gabe Zuger back catalog, but uh, stay dull, folks. Stay dull. Color outside the lines, not outside the box. Put the crayons away inside the box. Put them away inside the box, and do do sharpen and put them your in crayons. order. Put them in order. Wait, how do, how do we order? What do you mean? Like, Roy G. Biv style. Put them, like, you know, as one... Co- like You know the you way mean that- as God intended? Well... Is that what you're saying? I'm just saying the way that the box of crayons comes, you should keep your colors in order so that you know where to go back to for specific colors. Well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. You don't sense. want to be hunting for your flesh tones. That makes perfect sense. I mean, that's like that's like typing on a keyboard, right? Like, like if you woke up tomorrow and your keyboard was all different, like yeah, you don't well, want to hunt for keys. Like, well, I rearrange my keyboard into alphabetical order. That's scary. Like, I don't know what I would do without a QWERTY keyboard. Like, I uh, actually I do know what I would do because I recently set up a Roku smart television and it is painful to have to type things in uh but that's because you have to use those. a remote yeah right, to like scroll over letters yeah you you have to use a remote to scroll over one by one but it's also alphabetical but if you could like 
press them like that, you'd go much quicker. You'd go much quicker, but I think it would still be troublesome. And I still think that I would have more intuition about where my next letter was going to be and how I could get there the fastest if it were in QWERTY form rather than alphabetically. Fair enough. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you.